This was a webinar that was done on my YouTube channel. There is a link to it in the description if you want to see the presentation. Good morning and happy Thursday. When I posted this on LinkedIn, someone pointed out, or someone, Budil, pointed out that, hey, well, when is remote work after COVID? Like, will there be an after COVID? And I hope so. And maybe that's more about my hope than anything. But I certainly hope there's going to be a time where we can see each other, where we can hug, and where we can just hang out with each other again. So that is the time when I say remote work after COVID. So the time when we can be able to hug again. So just to make that clear. And will it be a set date? So all of a sudden, 10th of May, then we will be able to hike. No, probably most likely not. It will probably be a sort of graduate change into this sort of uh, post-COVID world. But I sure hope that we will end up there uh, soon. <laughs> or yeah, maybe not that soon, but sometime at least. You can also go to menti.com just and type the code. But I want you to just tell me, how would you like to work in the future? And there are four alternatives. And I, if you're in nature, don't think about how would I like my organization to work? Like, how would you want to work? Your personal preferences. That's what I'm after here. So what, I've looked is, uh, what I've done is that I've looked to six other studies that have been conducted throughout uh, the world. And I really want to emphasize that I'm piggybacking on their results here. Like they did the, the job, I did the easy part where I just looked at the service, read the service and interpreted the service. And I will also add my lens to it as well, hopefully. So that is what I'm going to cover here. Like the what these st six studies shows, my interpretation of that, and also what other people are doing. Partly based on this, I, I assume, but also partly on their own thoughts as well. And then I have a small bonus slide in the end as well. So stay tuned for that. But that's what we're going to cover here. So it's six studies. It's uh, PVC, it's uh, Netgate, it's Eurofond, Forbes, uh, Pew Research Center and Global Workplace Analytics. And, and they conducted surveys throughout the year, the, throughout the past year. The most recent one being um, Netgate. The second recent one, one uh, recent, most recent one will be PVC. It's good to know that these are conducted in a sort of po uh, in a covid world Th these are conducted through when the pandemic is upon us so they are all quite relevant i would say at least and what do they say there's one common denominator for all these six studies and it shows that people are productive it, it like it's super clear that productivity has not been affected by going into a COVID world, if you ask people, and you gotta bear that in mind, like you, when you ask people, you, they might might tend to skew it somehow. But both managers, when they survey them separately, and employees say that productivity stays the same, or in some instances, and in some services, it's better than it were pre-COVID and pre-remote, fully remote work. And I think. The, the reason why I bring this up is uh, I think that a lot of us, myself included to some extent, also had this notion when we went into remote work, okay, productivity will most likely suffer from us be not being in the same uh, room or being close to each other uh, anymore. Like the, we will most likely see a decrease in productivity. But it's, I think to some certain extent, we can say that this is not true. Like there, the productivity remains on a stable level or even higher level yeah it's it's just interesting to 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 reflect on that that, that was at least an assumption i had that no is no longer true but what it shows is that collaboration suffers 
Sandra asks, employers or employees, both says that productivity has gone up. Uh, employers actually say to a larger extent that productivity has gone up in the PVC study, for example, versus the employees. But what the Global Workplace Analytics uh, Survey points out is that in some instances, collaboration suffers. Big meetings works well for most people in that survey. They say like when it's a big meeting, when it's an information meeting, or when it's a larger group than three, it works equally as good to be doing that through video. But when it's smaller groups, less than three and and one-on-one collaboration, that then collaboration takes a toll. That's also something I think to bear in mind that uh, it's not all uh, yay and hooray. Like there are obviously then obstacles to face when you go into to this. So that's that about uh, productivity and collaboration. Like there, there isn't a ton of data around that. I think this is an area where we could do more. Uh, to be honest, like what, especially looking at the sort of true product, uh, true productivity, whatever that is, but also looking uh, obviously then on the long term effects that they w- this will have on on the people that works within the company. Like w- how will this truly affect people long term? That, that we will have to see and figure out. But the the service they don't. They don't put a lot of emphasis around this. Like they, they obviously mention it, but it, their main focus is where do you want to work from. So let's talk about that then, because that we have a huge data set around that. So this is the office, and no one wants to work in the office. That's super clear. That's it's it's more than the than what, what you who are watching this would want. Like in the PVC study, eight percent said that they would want to work from the office full time. In the Netigate survey, interestingly enough, 24% says they want to work full-time from the office. But it's a very small portion. Remember a year ago when we all more or less worked from the office, now only 8% globally in the big PVC study says they want to work from the office. And only 24 Like It's not even close to majority that want to work from an office. That used to be the norm. So... That's yeah. Your data set reflects what the overall, uh, the overarching studies uh, at large shows as well, and all studies shows this. I haven't found a single uh, data point that points to I want to work. There's a majority that wants to work from the office when this is over. Uh, And this is my office at home. Do they want to work from home? No, they don't either. Like it's also super clear that most people don't want to work a hundred percent remotely either. And that also reflected in your in the super small sample we did here. Like majority of you didn't want to work hundred uh, percently at um, f- from your home office either, or from your home or from a cafe or whatever. So what do people want then? And as you probably can tell, and and the the survey initially here showed that as well, people want flexibility. Like it's super super clear that most people they want to have the option to choose for themselves like i want to choose when i work uh, from the home uh, or when i work from the office and 73 percent of the employees in the netigate survey they state that super clearly clearly that we want to we want both we want to i can i I want to work from both places so i I think also that that is yeah not surprising maybe but i think it's just good to reconfirm that there it's not about leaving the office fully because that has been a sort of 
a narrative that's been spun in media throughout uh, the pandemic. Oh, we say goodbye to the office forever and we will never have offices and we will never have people working within the offices. But that's not actually true. And we talk also, or there has been talks, and I think it was a LinkedIn article that came out uh, late last year that talked about three to two so you spend three days in the office you spend two days working from home and then you have two days off you could yeah choose a, a bit when that was but it was up to the employer to decide when those three days were allocated and i i don't think that is the thing either that's not what people want when you read the service they want the flexibility they want the ability and autonomy to choose themselves and have that ability of saying this fits my life i want it i I can't say i'm going to work every wednesday because some weeks i want to work wednesdays some weeks i want to work on a tuesday so it's very uh, obvious that people uh, it's their flexibility they they are after it's not the set days or the set yeah it's it's they want to choose simply but those who want an office then because that's uh, a thing when i've discussed this in the past but uh, if we have people that want to be in office yeah but let them be in the office like uh, the the great show west wing has a fantastic episode called let bartlett be bartlett uh, if you're a west wing fan you know that i think but uh, it's the same here let the people who want to work in the office work in the office like i said we're not going to take it away from them and if you are one of those persons that i i really want to work on the office then work in the office no i, I don't think we should force anyone to go <laughs> fully remote if they don't want to but i think once again, that we will need to look at the flexibility. What will this mean for those of us who don't want to work in the office full time? And how do we offer them that flexibility? But it's just good to mention that because sometimes I think, at least myself, and I, I, I yeah, I can only speak for myself, I tend to, okay, but yeah, that the group, that's a group like they, yeah, we take the care of them later. And to some extent, yes, but it's good to have in mind that there's people still want to work in the office and they might scramble now when they hear, hey, where, where would I go? And yeah, reinforce that, hey, there's still going to be an office. You can work from that office. And for us, when I say for us, for us as leaders, as HR people, what does this mean for us? Because I think this has implications, obviously, and I'm not going to uh, today go into all the implications that it, it has, because then I would stand here talking for several hours. But what I, what I do want to mention is it's about expectation setting in terms of how will your workplace structure the work once we are allowed to go back to work. And the service shows uh, that there are expectations from employees that the employer will offer flexibility. And if you look at the employer side of things, they say that, yeah, we, will, we might offer flexibility. We don't know to what extent and we don't know when, but most likely there's a discrepancy between what the employees think that the employer will offer and what the employer actually think that they will offer. And in all, almost all uh, cases where things go wrong, where you have conflict or whatever that might be, it's about a difference in expectations. So I think, and my urge, if you're going to take one thing away from this YouTube thingy <laughs> that you attended this morning with a bald man that's rambling in English, it's that talk about the expectations. And already now, start to think about how will your 
workplace look and how will your workplace allow flexibility once we are back uh, in in the post uh, covid world so start managing those expectations for people and plan like we scrambled into this we, we were thrown into this covid remote work situation it was almost overnight one day to another hey you now need to work fully remote and we did a tremendous job in and we hr uh, maybe not so n- nice to talk about your profession like that we did a great job but we did so let's be honest about that we did a great job around getting people to that remote work state of mind and as we can see like productivity uh, remained the same so i i think we did a lot of things but i think it also took a, a, a toll on people like we needed to scramble fast and we needed to make our sure our people were safe now let's don't make the same mistake again when we go back if we know that things will change if we can see that already now start planning for it and make a deliberate effort around that and how do you do that then i think you do it by internal service and and talking to people like what do you want what do you expect from us as a workplace and do it now because if you do it now you will be better prepared later on as said and, and i can say it again prepare and plan for this so it's a deliberate effort not not something that just happens and all of a sudden your ceo wants everyone to be back in the office and you have uh, you have to just scramble to get people into the office again and i got a, got a question here do you think we will see companies downsize their big offices for more central locations yeah I think I'm going to get, get back to what I think, but I think that would be true. I think uh, we'll see a, a decrease in big offices and I think we will see uh, yeah, different pattern emerges. And I think also companies need to do it differently, but obviously, but yeah, it's, I think we will see that. And uh, I should emphasize that part more. Uh, there is no wrong or right here. If your company decides that we want people to work five days a week from the office, like everyone should work five days a week from the office because reasons then that's fine you can decide that but then i think you also need to communicate that very clearly to your employees and and you should probably already now start to communicate that so they know and so they can mentally prepare and and also have a think about hey do i want to work here because i think that would be a consequence but (laughs) and i'm also giving away what i think about this but it's i think uh, there is really no wrong or right but i do think that you need to be prepared And I agree, Chris. I think we need to be more uh, flexible with our offices and let people use them as the working space. Yep. Spell, for example, could be more open with space. Uh, I 100% agree. And I think also that's where we're going. I also think that once we are out of this, I think we will see co-working spaces emerging like never before. Because I do think most people, they might work, if, if they work uh, in an office that is used to be located in Stockholm, for example, and they live in Eskilstuna just, or Västerås or Uppsala, like you you could still want to have interaction with people and you could still want an sort of an office might i might say but you you might not want to go to the office in stockholm and then you might look for a co-working space to sit one or two days a week because you want that human interaction with whatever humans there might be so yeah there will be i think there will be a lot of differences in this so that said i i, I struggle with how i should structure this in all honesty because i thought maybe i should start with what others do and, and infuse it somewhere a bit earlier but i did want to save that for the reason of 
just get you thinking before I started talking about what others are thinking. So we're going to talk about what others do then. And first and foremost, the most famous example, I think, is Twitter. And Twitter, they were super early to say, we will allow remote work for everyone everywhere. And if you, I think they were on the verge of doing this already before COVID hit, but they just that just accelerated, and and they were super clear and deliberate about that early. Okay, we will we'll do it. I think their CEO Jack Dorsey he had an epiphany one night and just sent an email to to company all and saying, hey, we will allow remote work without checking with anyone more or less. But yeah, maybe not do that, but they are, are allowing it. And for them, like the reason why is autonomy, freedom, improves morale and retention and productivity. That's what they've seen. And it's a de- super deliberate decision from them uh, there. And then if you go into their career site, you'll see they have a ton of openings remotely, mainly in the US because that's where they're mostly at, but they do offer a remote work throughout the globe as well. Facebook. Same thing here. They have scrambled a lot around like how to do it. And, and Mark Zuckerberg, and I, if you've been listening to me before, if you listen to Horne Heter, if you've been listening to other webinars that I've had, uh, I've talked about this in the past, Like, but he did a one hour session around uh, how they're going to work in, in the future. I'll try to link it uh, in the description below here after the session uh, or put it in the comment after the session. But it's a really good talk to to listen to if you want to hear his thoughts around how they're going to do remote work. And they're trying it out for uh, software engineers in the US now mainly. And he also believes that next five to 10 years, close to 10, then half of the company uh, will be working remotely permanently. And and, and then I got to state that is working permanently remote, like it's not going to go into the office one day a week or anything like that's permanent. They're going to work permanent uh, remote. And then we have Kriya, and in all transparency, I'm a consultant at Kriya. I'm part of their people team and the talent company that I work for. We have we have uh, a lot of assignments with Kriya. So, so I've been part of this, but yesterday Kriya announced that they will allow remote work for all uh, non-critical clinical staff. And because there are some clinical staff that needs to be on site, but for software engineers, administrative roles in general, they will allow remote work throughout their uh, all entities that they operate right now. And Anna, who's the HR uh, CHRO, she says it's the output that counts, not where the work is done. And the rationale behind this is obviously then also, and for all of the companies, one of the rationales is obviously the talent market. Like approaching a bigger talent market is one of the main wins with this, where you, where you increase your talent pool by just waving a magic swan almost. Once again, focusing on output. And I'll see you, Tommy. I'll answer you shortly. I'm just going to roll through this because we're running out of time as well. <laughs> uh, and 921, any guess what that is? I'm not going to, as we have a short of time, I'm not going to uh, wait for the answer, sorry. But it's the open remote jobs on LinkedIn uh, yesterday evening. So there is a lot of works, uh, a lot of jobs out there that are allowed to be remotely now. And it's everything, like it's everything from investment manager to software engineer to head of R&D, like there's a ton of different roles that they are allowing now to be remotely done. So there is a lot of work. Uh, there is, even though the examples now were mainly American, there's a lot of Swedish company already doing this as well. Maybe not, uh, I haven't seen so so much around, hey, we are allowing everyone to be remotely. That's good, but yeah, it's. I think it's happening. And that is also my take. Like I said, I'm going to share my take. And my take is that it's inevitable. This will happen. Remote work and flexible work will happen. It, it will for sure be a thing. 
is a thing. It's not, we ended up here because we needed to, but now that we ended up here because we needed to, I, I see no way that we are going back. There's no way this is not going to happen. And if you have an employer that thinks that, hey, we might in the future be able to poach talent that are willing to sit five days uh, a week in the office, I think that is a wrong assumption to do for the majority of your people. There will be people, as said, that are fine with that. But I think if you want to be an attractive employer in the future, you need to offer flexible work. It's as simple as that. If you don't do that, you will have a hard time recruiting people. And it has so much consequences, but... It's still, I think that will be the way forward. And if you look at the big giants like Facebook, Twitter, and and all those big tech companies that now are allowing, Microsoft is doing as well, Amazon is doing as well, like they're going to start poach talent outside where they operate right now. And then we will see an even more fierce sort of fight for good, especially than engineering talent, which is now the hottest thing or has been for a while. It's going to be... It's going to be the candidate's market in in some sense, I think, which is already is, but it's going to be an increase in that. That is my take. And a structured way of working with objectives follows up should be a must, right? Yes, it it is definitely. And, And I would love to spend a lot of time going into that, but it actually leads up to this is all good now then like we've decided like flexibility uh, flexible work life or flexible work that's the new thing everything is fine all good it's really not it comes with a lot of issues and challenges and problems that we as an hr function needs to tackle and i just listed some of them i mean this is not a complete list at all and and i promise you i will get back to how to tackle this in the future Uh, we will do i will I will do more web or like YouTube sessions. And I'm hoping that some of you who listens to this would be willing to share as well how you're thinking around this. So it's not only going to be me, but I, I promise you we'll get back to this as well because the list is long around what challenges and problems and things we need to solve in order for make, to make this work. But the problem, or, or the problem, but the, the interesting thing I think is that you see this list, oh, it's so long. But it's also, if you're in HR and if you're a leader, this is also some things, or most things I would say on this list is something you work on already. It's just that you need to rethink them or think differently or approach them in a different way. So it's not rocket science and it's not totally news for us, I would say. It's just that we have to go back to the drawing board and then uh, rethink it. And it will have an impact on society. And I'm running out of time. I promised 20 minutes. I'm 28 now. So we'll see. And I said, uh, well, again, what will this mean for your organization? And then I have a bonus slide. Because people always ask me around, okay, do do you have any practical tips for tools to use when working remotely? And I have. uh, And these are the two sort of most recent ones that I discovered that I really like. And it's around, which is a employee it's a video meeting tool uh, and they say good um, zoom out meet around they say which i think is quite funny and i really urge you to check it out like around.co and it's really yeah it's centric around m- making the video experience better for people who are working remotely but also for people working within the office so you can connect everyone who is if you have four people in a conference room they can connect to around and you see their individual faces like they were remote but they're still in the same room and it has ai and and fancy stuff that helps and then please who is a danish company which offers a netflix library for 
small and fun exercises you can do with your team remotely like you can all look at those and yeah it's a really fun way of connecting through video i would say and also it it, they have a health component as well where you offer exercises to people who are remotely and hence if they do that they will increase their health and well-being so those two are things that i really urge you to check out and i said i'll get back with more uh, things on this topic as you can see the list was long and yeah i think it's an exciting future it's a scary future but I think we will get there together. And I, that's what this channel is all about, doing it together. That's why I'm here, because I think that we are better together. And I hope that you got something out of this. And I'm super happy for your time. And let's have a fantastic Thursday. And yeah, be sure to subscribe. I like when you subscribe. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, have a happy Thursday.